Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. For each episode here on the Lead Bold Podcast, we focus in on what we call the three W's when it comes to talking to our guests. The first W is a word, something that has been given to them or been put on their heart by God about working in ministry. Two is a warning, something that they have learned from, can share insight for, or can even kind of open up vulnerability about failures and places where they have room to grow. And lastly, wow, a time in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus where they have been blown away by what God has done and what he has taught them. Let's jump into our episode for today. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode where we get to chat with Amanda Woods. Amanda Woods has over a decade of experience in making things better and bringing people together. As a nonprofit leader, she has a unique vantage point of sharing powerful stories of what's happening in our community to change how things get done and how we impact each other. She is part of the Fellowship Housing Organization, which is an incredible uh, nonprofit that's working in the community in Chicago to empower single moms and bring um, new legacies to those families in need in the Chicago communities and surrounding areas. So we highly encourage you to check out Fellowship Housing. I'll pass it off to Andrea and we'll jump into our episode. This conversation with Amanda Woods reminds me of why it is so important to be in relationship with other women in ministry. The themes and the struggles that she shares about are so relevant because we've all asked the question, is God really wanting me to do this? Amanda shares honestly about how she strives for peace even in the middle of chaos and how she leans in to the voice of God to keep her on track. I know you'll be encouraged as you listen. So here's Aaron's and my conversation with Amanda Woods. Well, hey again, everyone in our Lead Bold community. We are back with another podcast episode. I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Handley. Hey, Aaron. Hello, everybody. Happy to be together today. I'm excited. Yes, we were, Aaron was mocking me earlier because I'm recording in an office that's like super cold and I have like a beanie and a scarf and my jacket on and you're like, I feel like you have a short sleeve shirt on. I don't know. Do I'm wearing, you? Yeah, yes, I'm wearing a she literally mm-hmm. has a short sleeve shirt on. We can see each other when we're recording. Obviously you can only hear us. Um, but we have no excuse to complain about the cold because our guest today uh, comes to us from the Midwest and I'm going to ask her what the temperature is there. But uh, we're so pleased to have Amanda Woods with us. Hey, welcome, Amanda. Hey, thank you so much. And actually, today we get a little bit of that California golden weather. It's a high of 50 degrees today, guys. So nice. That's pretty (laughs) I feel like here where I am, it's the highs like 52. So you're right. It's really so similar. (laughs) We went, uh, so a few months ago, you guys know, because we had been talking about it, we had our Chicago conference and we were, and Aaron went as part of our team as well. And we were cracking up because on the second day, I looked at the weather and they, you guys in the Midwest were having kind of this weird, warm, whatever. So it was like 69 or 70 degrees. This would have been like November 5th. And I pulled yeah. up the weather in our area and it was like 52. <laughs> it's amazing how that works, right? Sometimes the weather follows for good or for bad. It's crazy. Yeah, we were when, we were happy. We were happy to have it. 
we had our last speaker, like on, on the last day that we're there, the weather turned a little bit. We like brought the sun with us and then it kind of went back to normal Chicago weather. And it was like thunderstorming. And of course I could tell that like we were clearly the Californians because while that person was speaking, like the people in Chicago were totally used to this being a reality. The rest of us were like looking around the room, like this is so powerful. This person speaking the word of God, it's thundering, it's raining. It was like for us California folk, it was a very incredible moment. And I think you Chicago people were like, get a grip guys. It's a little bit of rain. Like, <laughs> yeah. So different. full disclosure, I did not realize that was thunder <laughs> until after. And I was all like, man, their, their heater is super loud. Like it just felt like, <laughs> it just felt like air or something. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like what? Oh my I don't gosh, even that's know amazing. what's going on. Um, and, uh, anyway, so one of our, um, one of our partners, uh, at the conference was fellowship housing and, I've just been so, so happy to get to know you guys and your ministry, Amanda. And I just thought, I know we all kind of already heard your official, like, who you are and how you lead. But I wanted to um, just give you a chance to tell us about your ministry, how you're involved in it, and what is it that you guys do at Fellowship Housing? Yes, so absolutely. We uh, focus specifically on empowering single moms to build a better legacy. And so uh, in the Chicago area, and honestly, in communities all across the U.S., there are women who are working incredibly hard for their children. They are doing everything possible, but because of the rising cost of childcare, uh, the way rent is going, especially in the wild housing market that we're in right now, um, it just, they're not able to make ends meet. And so whenever they come to us, we are able to help provide that stability and that margin for them to be able to focus on building that better future for their, for their kids. Cause that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that is so empowering. I, my understanding is that you, you guys have physical like apartment units or housing, like throughout the Chicago yeah. land, like how how many did it start with and like how many do you have now? Yes, so we have 34 apartments that we're able to uh, serve families through at one time. So each family is in their own space. Uh, it's uh, very much like a home that they would want to be in. And then they're able to have uh, a portion of a monthly payment that they have that is very reduced so that they're able to put extra toward their future, paying off debt, building that savings account, and making those steps that are necessary to be able to have a good future in place. So cool. So one of the other things I know you guys do is you really kind of provide holistic support. So obviously you're making those places for them to physically live and, and help them with that reduced rent. Um, but I know you also do, you really build into them in a number of ways. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So it is really holistic and that's because it's like an onion. There's so many different layers to uh, these types of social issues that are in our communities. You've got to look at everything. Otherwise, you're kind of missing the point. Um, and so we work with them to make sure that if they need counseling, that they are connected to an amazing counselor that's going to be able to provide them that necessary support. If it's uh, other access to resources, maybe they need a better child care situation, and that's adding to that mental load, that stress load that they're feeling because they're concerned about their kids working with different organizations in the community. Um, or if it's even access to resources, if they're concerned about delays or other types of um, 
medical needs that their children may have, trying to find partners that do what they do really well so that we can help get our moms access to everything that they're going to need so that their future can be better. Yeah, that's that's so great. I mean, you know, here in the Bay Area, like with many uh, places, you know, we definitely have a high population of unhoused um, individuals. And, you know, I know the more I learn about that and how to serve them, it's not just finding a home. I'm not saying, I, I know that th these women aren't, aren't necessarily unhoused, but my point is that kind of having those other support systems in place, because it isn't just a housing yeah. deficit. It is all these other, all these other obstacles. So that is so cool. I, um, just one more quick question. And then I know we got to yeah. jump into our conversation, but so, um, I, I think fellowship housing is like a faith-based organization. They might not be, correct me if I'm wrong, but how, how does that work for you with, um, are the women who are coming, like, are, do, do they need to be people of faith? How do you integrate faith in that organization? I ask because, you know, we have women in our community that are leading in all sorts of organizations, not in the church necessarily. And sometimes it is a tricky kind of uh, balance is probably not the right word, but kind of a tricky walk to to be somebody who's doing the work of Jesus, doing kingdom work. And also sometimes it doesn't look that way, but it is, it still is, right? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just wonder like, what is your guys' experience with that? Absolutely. And that's such a good question. So we are a faith-based organization. We were founded out of a church uh, over 30 years ago because yeah. uh, the benevolence community kept seeing people coming that typically were single moms and they needed help with housing. And so, you know, like a lot of organizations did, you know, many years ago, they were like, oh, this is a housing problem. We've got people in real estate. We could solve this, right? right, uh, right. But as things, as time went on and more issues came to the surface, they realized that there was the need for more support. So with that, we are faith-based. However, there is zero faith requirement for the families that we serve because we know that we are in their life for a season. And if that we're able to help point them to uh, uh, point them to Jesus in a way that is going to be more meaningful, we want to be open to that. But we also know that because we are just this one point in time in their journey, that we may be part of a seed that's being planted, but mm. God is doing something else in their lives. And we may not be the one that should be uh, helping to say directly that invitation of, have you met Jesus? Um, but wanting to make sure that they have that option. So we've had families of all sorts of faiths uh, or even no faith come to us, but wanting to support them. So if they're open and wanting to find a church community or another faith-based community, we want to help guide them. Uh, but knowing that our staff and our organization is founded in Jesus, like that is a huge piece for us as well. Yeah, that picture of the the seed planting is definitely something that we talk about a lot here. Um, you know, especially I think for women who are on a leadership journey, and you're you're putting all this out, and you don't always see the exact fruit that yes. you know you kind of wish that you saw, but it's just that recognition that it really is building into someone, and that is never in vain. And so I love it. Thank you for sharing. Hey, if somebody wanted to, you know, whether they live in the, the Chicago area and can physically come volunteer or whether or not, maybe they can put their dollars um, towards your ministry. Where, where do we find out more about Fellowship Housing? 
Absolutely. Uh, be sure to check out fhcmoms.org, like fellowship housing <laughs> at the Got beginning. It. And because that's our website, that's going to have everything. You can also find us on social media. Uh, most of our handles are at fellowship housing um, to be able to find us. So absolutely. And we're always open to even sharing resources to say, hey, if you want information on how fellowship housing could look in your community, call us and let's see if there might be something that we could do or we can help encourage uh, other ministries to be able to get those resources to support single moms. We want to do that. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, hey, we uh, I know we have our typical conversation that we have. Thanks for letting me digress for a few minutes. I, <laughs> you know, part of what I love to do, what, what we love to do at Lead Bold is introduce us to each other and find out about the amazing work that that God's leading us toward and empowering. So loved to get to talk about fellowship housing just for a couple of minutes but so let's jump in we always start off with a word so would you share with us what is a word that's been meaningful to you kind of where where's that landing in your life right now yes oh my gosh when you asked this it was instant i knew immediately which word i was going to choose so for me it's peace and ah, it nice. could be, you know, I mean, coming out of, you know, the last several years of everything feeling like what is going on anywhere, uh, it's partly because that is something that I just crave and wanting to try to make things peaceful and feeling like that, you know, that God is our Prince of Peace. And so in that is that flowing through us. And for me personally, that is definitely something I want my my life to be marked by God's peace and the what he can bring to us, especially in circumstances that are so trying, like with the moms that we work with, wanting to be able to be that type of a presence for them. Um, but there's so many different ways that I see myself uh, having that word. That's definitely my focus for sure. So are you someone so who is just good at finding and feeling peace or have you had to learn that? Like how, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So yes and no. In the sense that uh, I was joking with some friends the other day and somebody was like, oh, like calmness is your superpower. And so I was like, oh, like that's a badge of honor. Like in a chaotic situation that I can feel or everyone else may feel like a calm, even if internally I'm like, like screaming what's going on um that was like honestly like that was a point of pride for me where I was like oh yay like I'm doing this right um but truthfully I think it's it's more of a gauge for me when I'm thinking about my faith walk and my relationship with Jesus is if I'm feeling like my life has no peace that is a huge warning sign for me of hey like I need to bring myself back remind myself whose I am and that maybe I'm trying to take too much control of my life and I'm not leaving room for the Holy Spirit. And that needs to be something that I come back to. So it's not, no, ask anyone who's close to me and they would say, uh, no, Amanda could probably always be working on having more peace in her life because I can be a bit, you know, uptight and high control. And it's hard to have peace when that can be your personality, but trying to work on that definitely I feel like I'm growing in it but we'll also have moments where I'm like oh man I thought I grew in this why am I still doing it that way oh no <laughs> no I think I think so many people uh who are a part of our community can relate with this feeling I think a lot of us when 
when the water is high and when things are tough, we kind of fall into like what I call like the 911 prayer life where it's like, all right, God, please fix this. As opposed to a semblance of like a much more grounded asking God to meet you where you are. And even in the, in the times when the water's low and it is peaceful, sometimes we do like, we kind of, we start to trust our own self and being like, okay, things aren't wild right now. So I can kind of take control instead of having a more consistent level of, like you said, drawing into the Lord when times are good, when times are bad. Um, and at any point asking God to make himself present to you versus saying like, can you just fix this? And then I've got it from there. Right. I think that that's something as women, we do a lot. We're like, Lord, if you could just fix this one thing, I'll take it from there. Right. As opposed to asking him to <laughs> oh my be, God. In it, be in it all. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, even this morning I was driving into my office And I was listening to a worship song and it was talking about like, I'm standing on your faithfulness and all these things. And I feel like in my mind, so many times I'm picturing like this Rocky scene where somebody's, you know, like arms in the air, they're like, yeah, I'm fully confident and I have no concerns, no fear. And I'm like, I don't know that that's necessarily what it means. I think it's like, I'm trying to like remind myself and speak you know, that over my life that it's like, I'm not feeling that way now, but I need to be standing on that faithfulness or on his promises in the midst of the chaos, because it's literally the only thing holding me up and allowing me to stand right now. So, yeah, I think it's a really insightful comparison to juxtaposed peace and control. Um, and, and all the things you just said, you know, that this sense of like his faithfulness and leaning into that. Um, I think for so many of us leaders, we all struggle with control, right? Because we're like, well, God gave me a vision and I'm going to mm-hmm. make it happen, you know? And it's like, and here's how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so definitely the control piece, but that sense of like, is is my lack of feeling and experiencing peace directly proportionate to how much I'm holding tight? I guess I've never really thought about it that way. I, I love that you said that. Oh, Oh man, I, I, we could have a much longer conversation. (laughs) True. Oh my gosh. Just, and mostly because I feel like that's, it's, I say peace because I want it's aspirational for me, but also Mm. a lot of that has been like my life story is like that balance of like, how do I have peace and what God's asking me to do when I want to control so much about what I think he might be asking me to do, but it's not necessarily coming to fruition the way I expect it to. Right. Doesn't mean it won't happen that way, but it's not looking how I want it to look. So how do you hold both of those things? Oh, yes. Everybody listening can relate to that for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I think it's so counterintuitive to the human experience of like recognizing that it's okay to like slow down, take stock, lean into the Lord and I think about I immediately when you were talking just just now in your last comment, I thought about when Jesus is on the boat with the disciples and he's just like chilling. Everybody is like freaking out, right? Like it's it's that that juxtaposition yeah. of God knowing what is best for us, understanding where our help comes from and recognizing that when we try to push into like controlling things ourselves, how futile that can be. But there is a lot of fear in realizing that like trying to lean into peace and leaning into trusting what God is going to do sometimes is the same level of fear of trying to do it ourselves. And so it's that recognition of, of God's faithfulness, right? We talked about kind of seeing where God has been and leaning into what we have seen God do to inform what, what will happen now, knowing that he can carry it all, which is so scary. <laughs> oh, that'll preach. Oh man. <laughs> so for you, Amanda, like working with 
you know, in your ministry, I imagine there is a, a ton of just what feels like feeling out of control, feeling chaos, feeling like the the hindrances are are really, really significant. Um, how do you, as somebody who's trying to find peace and grab onto that, how do you help infuse the people you serve with that piece? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that is such a goal of ours as an organization, but also I think so much of our staff personally as well, because like you said, the moms that whenever they're coming to us, they're in chaos and crisis and not because that's what they want to live in, but it's because of all of these different things coming at them and they don't have margin to really be able to take on different things. They're just drowning. And so really what our hope is as a ministry is to be able to give moms that space so that they can start to have that peace in their life. And whether that's because they're experiencing more of a financial peace because they're getting that financial literacy tools and they're not having to stress about, will this bill be processed before I actually have money in my account? Or is it more of a piece that they feel confident in their ability to be able to take on the future for their family as the sole breadwinner? Because so many of our moms and many women everywhere that are single moms, they're not receiving a lot of child support, if any. And so knowing that they're having to look at managing all of that, and then depending on those relational aspects too, being mom and a, a father figure for their kids, like how do they approach that? And so wanting them to feel that peace and that it might be hard, but that they can do it because they have confidence in themselves, who they are, but also if they have that faith component that they have confidence that God isn't gonna just abandon them, that he's mm -hmm. gonna walk with them through that. Yeah, that's so, so important. Uh, real quick, Erin, I, I feel like her audio got a little crackly on that answer. Are you okay? Is it all right on your end? I didn't I didn't catch that. It was good on my end. Okay. Sorry, good. it might be my voice. I feel, I've got a, a raspy voice. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was like I was hearing like actual like static crackles. So oh, no, that's no. great. If it if Aaron didn't hear it, that's probably fine. Yeah, um, I didn't catch it. Awesome. Okay. I'll keep I'll keep going. Um yeah, definitely. So, so good. It's such significant work and kind of being able to keep like, what is this really about at the center of, of all that you're doing um, is such a good, good reminder. Um, I want to kind of move into our second question. And I think it all just flows together anyway, is one big conversation. But um, I don't know how long you've been in ministry. Maybe you could share that with us. But as you look back on like your younger self or your former self, like what warning that's kind of our other w word what warning would you wish you could go back and give to yourself as you look ahead to what ministry leadership looks like yeah so i've been in ministry for uh, about 14 years now and with that oh my gosh the warning i would have screamed at myself even though i think other people probably tried to i just wasn't listening or, you know, had like young self-confidence that might be, might have been overinflated, uh, <laughs> you know, like you do sometimes. Yeah, uh, I get that. <laughs> would have just been like, don't believe the lies. Like just flat out, like don't believe lies that Satan is telling you. And most of the time I feel like whenever I think about that, I'm expecting like bold, blatant things that 
you know, you maybe don't even need a warning. You're like, uh, yeah, duh, that is obviously a lie. But it's more the, is, did God really call you to be, mm-hmm. you know, someone of influence? Did God really want you to be the person to do that? I think maybe you're thinking too much of yourself and you need to bring yourself down a peg because that can't possibly be, you know, someone as, you know, with your background or with whatever that you've got going on that you couldn't possibly be that person. And I think there's so many times that I've been like, oh yeah. And all of these different things come into play where I'm like, oh, there is a little bit of truth to that. Maybe I am a little bit prideful and I am thinking too much of myself and just enough of it can match up with, with reality for me to go, oh yeah, that's right. I, I'm, I'm overplaying my part. I, I'm playing too big. I need to back down. And that, yeah, that's right. God can't have that for me. Right. And we can't limit him. And so anytime I've thought through my life, that's always been what it comes down to is me being afraid that I'm, I'm putting myself up too high or believing something like, why would God want me to be the one to do that? Like, I need to, you know, remember who I am in a way. It's like, remember, like, you're not as good as you think you are. You make lots of mistakes. Don't forget about those kind of way. Um, yeah, I think that's a huge piece for me. I think it's so relatable. Um, so relatable for sure. I mean, you know, we kind of talk about this on, on our conversations here, but I mean, for sure for women, I think that we just are our own worst critic, right? So just having that courage to say yes is like half the battle. And then when you do say yes, you're like, but am I overstepping? You know, so it sounds like that's kind of been a thing for you. What do you like? How do you have the wisdom to know like, okay, am, am I thinking too much of myself? Am I underestimating myself in a bad way? Am I like, how do you, how have you learned over the past 14 years, 20 years, whatever, to filter what really is true, how to discern that? I don't even know if you can answer that, but I'm asking you a hard question here. (laughs) Tell us how to fix it. Right? Oh, oh, if if I had like the golden answer, oh my gosh, I'd be like selling out books. Yeah, you'd be so rich right now if you could answer that question. (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh, so much so. Um, yeah, so I would say definitely it's it's a daily struggle for sure. Um but the one thing, and I mean, this, it feels like the cheesy answer, but honestly, it's, it's true is like, when I go back to God's word, and I'm looking at like, what he says about like, what he's promised for us, even if it's, you know, the staple verse that everyone uses, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, thinking through those types of things, it's like, okay, God does want to prosper me, it may not necessarily be what I am envisioning exactly, but if he has put something in me and I'm following what I believe are his steps for me, if he's ordered my steps, it's going to happen. Doesn't mean it's not going to be hard and I'm not going to have these days where I feel like, oh yeah, like I shouldn't be doing this. It just means, am I remembering what what is true about me based on what God says, not based on how I feel my numbers are looking or how I feel my boss's perception is of me. But 
it's more about like, what is it that he's asking of me? Am I being obedient? And if I am, then everything else will end up working itself out. And sometimes it's what I want. And other times it ends up being a little bit different than that or a lot different, but I'm still able to see that consistency and faithfulness through it. Yeah. There's so, I was going to say, we, we often form those lies kind of land in what we call like imposter syndrome a lot, which is like, mm-hmm. especially in a comparative space. And I love that you quoted from Jeremiah. There's another verse in Jeremiah in like the first chapter that like has always given me a sense of like the Lord knows what he's doing with you because it's like, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And before that I set you apart, like as an appointed prophet, this idea that God's leading in your life, like before you, before you formed even like the skills that you had and the people that were around you, God knew what he had for you. And I know it's sometimes hard to like, like you said, take what you're seeing in scripture and have that feel like living truth in all of us. And it's such a, a recognition to me as I continue to read God's word that like when I look at these stories of, of people in the Bible, that these are people just like me, right? There's so much to like lean into when it comes to the word. I think we rely a lot in ministry as individuals who are often pouring into other people. We don't necessarily spend as much time taking time in scripture alone. I think some of us, like we end up finding that there might be an imbalance of us pouring out more than we might be kind of taking in in terms mm-hmm. of what God has to say to us as leaders. You know, it's one thing to be able to confidently tell someone else that this is what God feels with you. But if we're not leaning into that sense of, of what you shared, that warning of trusting the truth of scripture versus the lies that our brain might tell us as leaders, there's that, you know, there's that di- like dichotomy of being able to tell someone else the truth, but not necessarily fully understand and lean into it yourself, which is like in leadership, such an important part of, of knowing who God made you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I would just encourage too, just our listeners that it's not like we ever really get it. And we're like, all right, I figured out how to walk the line. I got it now. It's not a static experience, right? It's like, (laughs) it is that like a holding it's, it's relationship. It's every day. It's, uh, you know, you wake up and you, you are in a funk or whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. how do I very actively do all the things that we're talking about. You know, that's the, that that's where it's hard. I think sometimes because we, you know, we only have so much energy. And so we're doing, we're trying to do what God's called us to do. We're trying to like have the right perception of ourselves. We're trying to, you know, be, be enough people and not too much task and all those things that are on us, you know, as, as women of faith, as, as leaders, as people in ministry. Um, so it's, I'm just, I'm loving this conversation because it's really this sense of like, yep, I'm trying. Yep. It's another day. Yep. I'm, I, it is a constant battle, you know, to hear what is true and, and what does that look like for you as you move forward, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's so much that's underestimated in the, in the simple prayer of whenever you just take a a second back when it feels like things are moving chaotically or you don't know what to do or you're feeling that imposter syndrome just to say god i need your help like i i just need you to show me what to do just that simple super Mm. simple prayer of just taking a step back saying that and then saying all right here's what i know i need to do i'm gonna move forward with that and trust that you're with me and that you're gonna give me that wisdom when i need to make those hard calls Yeah, that's really good. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left and we've talked a little bit about, 
you know, you, you've mentioned a few times, like you, you move forward and sometimes the outcome is not what you were envisioning or God has a different way that he does it. Our last W word is wow. And I would love to just hear you share of where did God or someone wow you, where you did get a glimpse of the fruit and the, yeah, this is what it is. This is why it matters. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So my wow has really just been when I look back over this last season is just the generosity that has come out and some of it's in really big, amazing ways. So one example I'll give is over this last uh, Christmas season, just before winter started, we had some groups come alongside of our moms and say, hey, it, winter gear is expensive for kids. And so we're going to take the sizes of every kid go get boots and have them here for you so you don't have to buy those for your kids and it was amazing and like it's not like we've got like you know like five ten kids like we have 60 kids that need snow boots and like if you look at target like that that's like 40 dollars a lot of times and that's for like basic stuff so it adds up and so just seeing groups do things like that um, I also just think in the generosity of how people's hearts have been opened and they're like, hey, like, I want to learn more about what's going on here. And whether that's, you know, at like the way that I'm engaged in my church personally, uh, or even through the ministry that I'm doing at work with Fellowship Housing, like people have just been so generous and open to wanting to help meet a felt need that. It's just been amazing. It's just wow every single time. That's a great story. Such a good example of something that's really specific, really unique to what your needs as a ministry are. Um, and someone just, you know, also saying yes to God and your ministry being a place where people can put their yeses and see that kind of thing. That's so encouraging, you know, because I, I feel yeah. like we do sometimes feel like we're, out there on our own and we're doing it. And yet if we just pull up and look around and see the people who are willing to be generous, like you said, that's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's such a reflection of, of, you know, Christ's ministry. I think sometimes we, we think so deeply about the, the depth of moving hearts and, and the depth of what it means to like have a spiritual connection with God. And in the same way, Christ's ministry began with meeting people's tangible needs, right? Feeding the hungry, healing the sick. Um, and there's something really powerful when we, we take that step back from kind of the, the large holistic like kingdom work and recognize that so much of that kingdom work also includes like the recognition that Christ meets your needs, tangible, emotional, spiritual, physical. And so it's so cool to hear that that is a, a huge part of how God is working in your ministry today. Yeah, well, I hope it's been such an encouragement to people who are listening and whatever your ministry space is, you know, the, the people that you're called to serve and to uplift and to encourage, just knowing that like God is doing something big with you. And even when you don't necessarily see it all come to fruition, like you thought that there is more generosity, there is more like chance for you to experience God's peace, all of that. It's been so encouraging to talk with you, Amanda. I'm so glad we, you got to be with us today or we got to oh, have you with us so today. fun. Yeah, this has been amazing. It's such a good <laughs> podcast. Like, oh, I get to be a part of it. Like that's oh, so fun. Yay. We do, uh, so you may know, we do kind of a thing where we um, 
we try to listen during the conversation and come up with something that could be the name of your autobiography if you wanted to write it. And then we just kind of title the episode that. So I don't, so Aaron and I usually try to come up with stuff. What did you come up with, Aaron? I was so engaged that I actually just caught one kind of earlier, but I kind of like this idea that like, um, I love the, the sentiment of like God wowing us by meeting us like exactly tangibly what we need. And so in my mind, I was like finding Pete's, Peace boots on the ground, like putting boots right on the feet. That's like, yes. oh, I like yeah. that. Oh, that's really good. That's good. That's better than mine. Mine is early, from early on in the conversation where I just wrote calmness is my superpower. Yes. <laughs> hey, I love that. Which, which then you went on to be like, usually that's not the case, but somebody did say that and that's what I want. So. But either way, like, so, you know, just so proud of you, the work you're doing. I don't mean that like in a you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I love when, you know, we get to introduce our community to people like you. I love having people like you in our community that are, that are just doing the work and just doing the everyday, like I'm here, I'm trying to let go of my control issues and rest in God being bigger. So thanks so much for sharing fellowship housing story with us and, and you and kind of what's God, what God's doing in you. And we appreciate you. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's wonderful. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Lead Bold Podcast. We hope you absolutely loved this conversation with Amanda Woods that we had today. If you feel connection to, uh, led to, would like to support Fellowship Housing, we encourage you. Uh, to get involved and to to see what opportunities there are to support this ministry of empowering single moms to build a new legacy. They are at fhcmoms.org. And to learn more about us, you can always find us at leadingbold.org to see all the latest updates on podcast episodes, information on events that are upcoming. We highly encourage you, if you haven't seen on our socials, to get connected about our pastor's cohort that's kicking off in March. If you are interested or you know someone who might be interested in an incredible community of women who really just understand where uh, you or your friend might be at, we encourage you to learn more at leadingbold.org. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time.